Would you turn to 1 Samuel this morning, the uh, second chapter, 1 Samuel 2, and let's continue talking about the honor of God. We've been talking for some weeks now about the honor of God, and I believe it is a very significant subject. The further I go, the more I see how important it is. And I believe the Lord is leading us this way, that we didn't just teach on this by accident, but that He's leading us this way, preparing us for what He's prepared for us, getting us ready. You know, uh, it's been my experience in our few years of walking with the Lord that again and again when I thought, when we thought, we were waiting on the Lord for something to happen. That really he was waiting on us. <laughs> that has been the case repeatedly. Anytime that you get to feeling frustrated and you're thinking, come on, God. You know, hurry up, and, and we need to get into this, and we need to be able to do this, and, and we need to be involved in this, and we ought to already have this, and we ought to already be doing this. It's been our experience that again and again, that was not the case, that we weren't waiting on him, that actually he was waiting on us, and that as soon as we were ready to handle it, there it was. So many times people think they're ready for something, and they're not. You know, like sometimes uh, single people believing for Mr. Right or Miss Right. Uh, they're believing for somebody amazing. <laughs> they're believing for somebody, you know, the lady is believing for, for a man. He's a man of God. He's developed. He's mature. He's cultured. He's polished. He has manners, has money. <laughs> he's good looking. Body's in good shape. <laughs> or the man is believing for Miss Amazing. <laughs> Loves God with all her heart. Has a prayer life. Spiritual. Cultured. Developed. Lady. Beautiful. Has money. <laughs> Body's in excellent shape. And people, they pray that, they're believing that. But have you ever asked the question, what are they getting in you? <laughs> Is it fair for Miss Amazing to get Mr. Okay? <laughs> Mr. Wonderful to get Miss Sorta All Right? Let's say you're believing for Mr. Amazing. If you made him out in the foyer on your way out of the church after the service today... Are you ready? Some folk go, oh, oh, no, I'm not quite ready. <laughs> well, then don't be hollering at God about what's wrong. Where's he at? Get ready. Everybody say, get ready. Get ready. That's a message. Get ready. Amen. Well, I said that because the Lord is getting us ready in these teachings on faith and in these teachings on honor. He's getting us ready for some strong moves of his spirit. That's not just Keith talking to you now. That's the word of the Lord. The Lord is preparing us. He's getting us ready for some strong moves of his spirit. Sometimes people think, well, I'm ready. Come on, God. You know, pour it on me. You just think you are. No. 
It requires preparation. It's kind of like rain. You know, rain is a type of the Holy Ghost. If the ground is really hard and it hasn't been rained on in a long time and there comes a heavy rain, a lot of times most of it will just run off. And people think, well, we want to deluge when really they need a little light shower (laughs) to soften things up so that they can have some depth and receive some more. So uh, don't think, well, Lord, we're waiting on you. When are you going to do it? Well, I assure you, he will give us as much as we can handle as soon as we're ready. We don't need to pull on him and work on him. We need to let him work on us and get us ready. How many want to get ready? Well, then you've got to understand that there's a lot we need to yet learn. And we're not, you know, haven't arrived in every area ready for all that he wants to do. So everybody said out loud, just close your eyes. Let this be a prayer. Lord, teach us. We want to be ready. Prepare us for all you've prepared for us. Get us ready for all you've planned to do in us and for us and with us. Thank you. For leading us, molding us, developing us, so we can receive more from you. Amen. In Jesus' name. So be it. In uh, 1 Samuel 2, are you there? Oh, thank you, Lord. 1 Samuel 2, and the latter part of the chapter we've been reading has been our golden text for these sessions. 1 Samuel 2, 30, last part, part B. The Lord says, For them that honor me, I will honor. They that despise me shall be lightly esteemed. Them that honor me, I will honor. It's a fact. You honor God, then he's going to honor you. Would you know it if the Lord honored you? Do you think it'd be a blessing, would you? You could realize it. Absolutely. We talked for the first several sessions on how we honor God. We went into some detail. And if you weren't here, tapes are available. But we talked about you honor God in honoring people and in honoring God's things through how you refer to people and things, how you prefer people and things, how you defer, and also in conferring things upon. But in these last few sessions, we've been talking about how God honors us. Because if you do those things and you honor God, you honor his people and things, then he is going to honor you. And we went into some detail about how, number one, God has and does honor us in choosing us. Can you say amen? Amen. He has chosen us. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Chose us before we were ever born. Chose us, amen, before we knew him and tried to serve him. He chose us for salvation. He chose us to have an eternal part in his plan and kingdom. Right now, this is not all there is to life. This is just the beginning. This life down here is faith school. Amen. Faith is very short. It's brief, but it's training. And he's training us to rule and to reign with him in his kingdom for eternity. Oh, hallelujah. We're called vessels of mercy, destined for glory. 
Oh, hallelujah. We don't know the half of what's ahead of us. We can know this by faith. It's good, 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 good. Amen. Amen. How many glad you're saved? Amen. Amen. Well, secondly, God honors us by using us. He honors us by choosing us, but he also honors us. We said, you know, he's chosen us to be part of his family, chosen us to salvation, to glory. But he also chooses people from among us to do jobs in the earth. And it's an honor to be used of God in any capacity, in any part of his things and kingdom. And so I want to talk more about that today. God honors us in using us. Go with me, if you would, to 1 Timothy 1 and Revelation 17. 1 Timothy 1, and we'll go to Revelation 17. God honors us in using us. How many want to be used of the Lord? Do you? Amen. You want to be used of Him. You know, uh, we're made that way. That we, we need to have a sense of being needed, don't we? Nobody wants to feel useless. Nobody wants to feel unneeded and unnecessary. And God didn't make his body with any superfluous parts, any unneeded parts. Every one of us, the scripture says, has been placed in the body as it pleased him. And every one of us has a use. Now a lot of people live life and never find their place and never find their use. And that's sad and that's frustrating. But you can. Everybody can. You have to be committed enough to follow him fully. But if you will and stay with what he shows you, he'll get you in your ultimate place in the body and get you operating in your full function and full grace. And when you are, you're fruitful. You're bearing fruit means you're affecting other people's lives. You're being used to help people in some way. And that gives you a sense of being needed. It gives you a sense of belonging. It gives you that sense of accomplishment in God. And it satisfies more than food when you're hungry. There's nothing like it. You remember Jesus standing by the well at Samaria and his disciples had gone to get him something to eat because they were tired and hungry. And this woman came, you know, and he ministered to her. She'd been through all these marriages and been through all these divorces and stuff. And he ministered to her and she got stirred up, went back and preached to her folks and told them and was a witness to them. And the people came back, the disciples came back with the food and they said, here you go, Lord. And he said, I got food to eat you don't know about. And they said, what? Did somebody come in here and bring him something to eat while we were gone? He said, no, my food is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish the work. That satisfies deep in your soul where nothing else can. No amount of eating and drinking, no amount of abusing your body, you know, with drugs and alcohol and different things, no amount of stuff that you can buy, no amount of sleeping around and all that kind of stuff can satisfy your insides. Only finding your place, 
and doing what you were made to do and being used of God to help somebody else, that gives you that sense of divine purpose in life. Amen? That gives you the deep satisfaction. How many believe that? You believe God has a place for you and he's gifted you and graced you to do a job. Do you believe he wants you to find it? Can you find your place and do your job? Yes, you can. If you're not preoccupied with your own plan for your life. You know, we're not even taught right in society. Our children so many times are not taught right. They're in junior high or they're in high school and there's career day. And we tell them, well, you know, let's all look at stuff and decide what you want to be. Wrong. That was decided for you before you were born. (laughs) Did you hear me? It's not for you to decide what you want to be. Well, you can be anything you want to be. No. You can be what God called you to be. You can choose to be other stuff and you can pursue it. And you can achieve some nominal success in it. But you'll never be satisfied. I said you'll never be satisfied. It's not for us to decide what we want to be. It's for us to discover what we're ordained to be. Can you say amen? And then whatever that, no matter how big that may seem, we can be anything God has called us to be. Even though it seems so out, you know, so far. I know as a teenager, I'll never forget it. I was laying in the bed one night and uh, God revealed himself to me and made himself known to me in my preteen years. Uh, My grandmother was a real woman of God, had visions and knew God. And uh, she had me read some of Brother William Branham's books as soon as I was old enough because she was healed in one of his meetings. And in her old house, it was cold and creaky and, and big old high. You remember how the old houses were built, big high ceilings and had about, you know, they'd put 10 quilts on you. You couldn't even <laughs> turn over in the bed. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I mean, you had so many quilts on just your nose is poking out. And uh, I remember in that bed, with one of those books, I got to reading and I read about how God used that man and about over in Africa, how he even used him for somebody to be healed and raised from the dead. And in reading those things, the Holy Ghost came got in the bed with me. I was in there by myself. I just cried, you know, like a baby. And he made himself known to me. But then a few years later, uh, in laying in the bed one night praying, I began to get glimpses of me being in the ministry and me being over a large ministry. And it scared me so bad. I'm a, I think I was barely a teenager, maybe like 12 or 13. And it scared me so bad, I thought, oh, no. Oh, no. I couldn't. Oh, no. And I, it really did. It terrified me. I thought, how in the world could I? And the Lord, if I, he had to calm me down. I mean, he had to minister to me. I was about to get spastic on him. And, and he said, son, he said, now listen. See, we're still talking about the same thing. He said, by the time you get to it, I'll have you ready. Amen. He said, right now, you couldn't handle it. Absolutely, you couldn't. He said, but by the time you get there, I'll have you ready. Amen. And he's worked on us for decade after decade, getting us ready. And as soon as we were ready for the next part, there it was. Hallelujah. Can you say Amen. And as soon as you get ready, I said, as soon as you get ready 
for the next part. He'll lead you into it. Don't think you're sitting around doing nothing for year after year waiting on him. Don't think it. It's not true. God didn't call any of us to just sit around and do nothing. Someone said, well, I'm retired. Not from God's work, you're not. (laughs) Never will be. You retire when you slip out of your body or you hear the trumpet sound. Not before. No, you don't retire from being useful. You don't retire from serving God. You don't retire from using your abilities and assets and talents to be a blessing and help somebody. That's why you draw a breath. Amen. That's why you have a heartbeat. That's why you're still on the planet to help somebody. And God has graced you in ways uh, special for you. You have things and ways of helping people that other people don't have, unique to you. You may not have developed them. You may not have discovered them, but you do. Amen. Everybody say, I'm called of God. I'm graced of God. I'm anointed of God to bear much fruit. Fruit that remains. Amen. That's what life is about. You know, this life is so short. It is so brief. If you live to be 120, it's nothing. It's here, it's gone, like a vapor. And after it's over, and a thousand years from now, and when we all stand before the judgment seat of Christ, it won't make any difference how much land you owned, how many houses you had, how much money you had in the bank, how much your business turned. It will make no difference. The only thing that will make any difference is did you obey God? Did you do what he told you to do, what he put you down here to do? And if you did, that means you will have helped people. Amen. In, uh, have you found your scriptures there? Are you in 1 Timothy? The first chapter. 1 Timothy 1, 12. The Apostle Paul, by the Holy Ghost, says, I thank Christ Jesus our Lord, who has enabled me, for that he counted me... Faithful, putting me into the ministry. Every one of us has a ministry. Not everybody's supposed to stand behind a pulpit or pastor a church or go out as a missionary, but everybody has a ministry. Say that out loud. Everybody Everybody has a ministry. If I had time or so inclined, I could show you half a dozen scriptures in the New Testament that verify that and say that. But every one of us have a call, have a ministry. How many remember in Matthew 22 where Jesus said, many are called, but what? Few are chosen. Did you remember that? And I got fresh light on that just a week ago. I knew a little bit about that, but you know, why is that? That many are called. But few are chosen. And the Lord showed me the answer in Revelation. Are you holding your place there? Revelation 17. Revelation 17. And 14. It talked about the beast. And the uh, forces of evil. Wanting to make war with the lamb. This is Revelation 17, 14. It says, and the lamb shall overcome them. How many know that's a fact? Makes no difference what the enemy tries to come up with. The Lamb shall overcome them for he is Lord of lords and King of kings. 
Well, who are the lords he's Lord of? Who are the kings he's king of? Well, previous scripture in Revelation here talks about that he's made us unto our God kings and priests. Bought us with his own blood and has made us kings and priests to our God. Keep reading. And they that are with him. Everybody say, that's us. They that are with him are called and chosen and what? Faithful. There's the word that answers the question. Many are called. Few are chosen. Why are not all chosen? Because not all are faithful. But the ones that are going to wind up with him of the ones that are called And the ones that wound up chosen were the ones that were faithful. Everybody say it out loud. Called, Called, chosen, chosen, faithful. faithful. Hallelujah. Faithful. Many people have the opportunity. It's true with being born again. The scripture said God is the Savior of all men. Then it goes on to say, especially of them that believe. Salvation's available to everybody, but not everybody receives. Not everybody is faithful to believe and then faithful to follow him. So not everybody's going to be saved, even though they had the opportunity, even though they were called. God gives the opportunity to all of his children to serve him. The opportunity to be healed is available to all of us. The opportunity to be rich is available to all of us. Did you hear that? Somebody said, well, I don't know about that. Well, you're wrong. The opportunity to be rich is available to all of us. The scripture said, you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, so that you through his poverty might be made rich. That's redemption. Who does redemption belong to? Everybody that will believe it and receive it. Everybody has a right to be born again. Everybody has a right to be filled with the Holy Spirit and have power. Everybody has a right to have all your needs met and be blessed and have too much. Everybody has a right to be protected. Everybody has a right to be used of God. But you got to be willing to be used to be faithful. Got to be willing to stick with it and stay with it. Can you say amen? amen? Now, I'm going to get into something, and this is a little bit, this is, you know, not just milk. This is a little bit of meat, not necessarily big steak, but maybe a, maybe ground steak. <laughs> uh, go with me, if you would, to Psalm 149. Let's just read the whole thing. It's real short. Praise you the Lord. Sing to the Lord a new song. And his praise in the congregation of saints. Let Israel rejoice in him that made him. Let the children of Zion be joyful in their king. Let them praise his name in the dance. Let them sing praises to him with the timbrel and harp. For the Lord takes pleasure in his people. He will beautify the meek with salvation. The who? Meek. Meek does not mean weak. No, in fact, it takes a lot of strength to be truly meek, humble. 
God gives his grace to the humble, doesn't he? But he resists the proud. Let the saints be joyful in glory. Let them sing aloud upon their beds. You ever done that? Well, you ought to try it out this afternoon. Amen. Anybody take a nap on Sunday afternoon? Especially on a rainy day like today, that'd be a good thing to do. Well, for you, now don't start now. Wait till this afternoon. Say, boy, that's a good idea. Let me just take one right now. No, not right now. I didn't say take a nap now. But sing aloud on your bed. Amen. Somebody say, well, the kids might hear me. They need to hear you praising God. Somebody might hear me. They need to hear you. They hear you saying other stuff. (laughs) Children need to hear their daddy and their mama praying. Praising God. Worshiping God unashamed. It's not something you just hide. Now let's keep reading here. He said, let the saints be joyful in glory. Hallelujah. Ever joyful in glory? Joyful in glory. You don't have to have a good reason. You don't have to have a good reason to stand at your sink washing a dish and go, Oh, glory to God. Thank you, Lord. So, Mrs., I'm not like that. Why not? What do you think they do in heaven? A friend of mine said he was caught up to heaven. There are people that are. Paul talks about it in the Bible. Caught up to the third heaven. Now, not everybody that says they are, are. And not everybody's book or tape about heaven is necessarily something you ought to look at that much. But it does happen. And this man, some of the things he talked about really sounded legitimate to me. He said, everybody you met want to know could they do something for you. Everybody you met in heaven, they said, can we do something for you? Can we get you anything? Can we give you anything? I believe it is that way in heaven. People are not selfish. Love reigns. That's the way it's going to be in Faith Life Church, too. His will on earth, as it is in heaven. People come in here, member, no member, guest, first-time guest, everybody will go, can we do anything for you? Can we help you? Can we bless you? Amen. And doing it. And another thing, he said he'd see things that just, you know, thrill his soul, and he'd go, oh, praise God. He said, anytime you say praise God, everybody would go, oh, praise God. And everybody just throw up their hands and go, praise God, and just worship God for minutes. And he said it'd startle him, and he'd forget again later on and go, well, glory to God. And the whole street would go, oh, glory to God. Everybody just throw up their hands and go, glory to God, glory to God for minutes. I believe that. I said, I believe that. I mean, the winged creatures, day and night, what do they do? Say, holy, holy, holy. There's worship. There's praise there. Everywhere. All the time. Amen? So be quick. Be free. To be joyful in glory. Even to sing on your bed. Let the high praises of God be what? In the back of their mind. In their mouth and a two-edged sword in their hand. 
When praise comes up in you, don't suppress it. You'll say, well, that's just not me. My nature is I'm quiet, I'm reserved, and I just, in my heart, I say, thank you, Lord. (laughs) This says, sing aloud. Let the praises be in your mouth. Go ahead and say, thank you, Lord, out loud, out loud. When it comes up in your being, God blesses you. He moves on you. Don't just be quiet. Go ahead and open your mouth. God gives you your breath. Let everything that has breath. Praise the Lord. Amen. Go ahead and open your mouth. On a Monday, on a Tuesday, on a Thursday afternoon. Amen. So somebody might hear me. Well, don't try to be a nuisance. But what if they hear you? Somebody on the job might hear me. Will you hear them cuss? (laughs) Why couldn't they hear you say praise God? Now, you don't just do it for their benefit. and You don't try to be obnoxious. But hey, it ought to just be as normal to you as breathing. Amen. Something goes good for you. You get the job done. You step back and go, thank you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Oh, God, you're so good to me. People say, well, people might look at me funny. Hey, they're the ones that are off, not you. (laughs) They're the ones messed up. If they don't know him, if they don't know how to praise God, if they knew him, they could praise him too. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. What do you say when you don't know what to say? Thank you, Lord. What, when the conversation lulls, people don't know what to talk about next. Just so, thank you, Lord. Ain't God good? Ah, he's so good. Verse 2. Now, here's what I'm getting to. To execute vengeance upon the heathen and punishments upon the people. To bind, everybody say bind. Bind their kings with chains and their nobles with fetters of iron. To execute upon them, the enemy, the judgment written. Read this next phrase. What? This honor have all his saints. Praise ye the Lord. But the Lord honors us in using us. And he honors us in letting us do things. Not just him doing everything for us. He gives us the honor of binding up the enemy. He gives us the honor of exercising authority over situations. Doesn't he? Mark eleven twenty three. How many know what it says? Mark eleven twenty three. Whoever will beg God, God, make this mountain get out of my way. Please, God. Please make the mountain go away. Please, God, move this mountain. Is that what that says? No. Whoever will speak to... That's not prayer. Whoever will speak to the mountain and say, Mountain. That's not talking to God. That's talking to the mountain. Mountain. Get out of the way. Be rooted up and be cast into the sea. He said, if you don't doubt what you say, but you believe what you say will come to pass, you will have what you say. Awful lot of you in there. Can you see where Christians have missed it? It's God this and God, 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 everything's God. God's got to do it. God's going to do it. Please, God, you do it. No, he's given us the honor of doing some things. 
Did you know it's unscriptural for you to pray that God would bind the devil? Can't find that in the scripture. Boy, it got quiet when I said that. What does the scripture tell us to do? Anybody remember in James? You resist the devil and he will flee from you. Who's going to resist him? You. And he'll flee from God. That's not what it said. You resist the devil. He will flee from you. See, Christians are missing. Oh, God, make the devil stop. God, make the devil. He didn't tell you to do that. He gives you the honor. (laughs) Are you getting this? He gives you the honor of being able to address the problem yourself. Directly. Or are you getting this? He expects us. Not to stay babies. He expects us to grow up. And be mature sons and daughters of God. Amen. Amen. People he can turn stuff over to. That we can take care of things. That we can deal with things. He's training us to rule and reign with him. Amen. 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 Listen to what Jesus said in John. In fact turn there. John 16. This honor. Have all his saints. The honor of. Binding up the enemy. The honor of walking in and exercising authority. Amen. We ought to know this. Parents ought to know this. Little ones, if they're developing right, it doesn't take very long until they'll say, let me do it. Huh? They want to tie their own shoe. They want to dress their self. They want to feed their self. Even when they're too little to. They go, oh, let me do it. Let me do it. And if you're a good parent, as soon as you can, you will. Now, they're not going to do it as well as you do. They're liable to come out of there with shirt all buttoned up wrong and <laughs> pants on backwards. <laughs> but you got to learn. you got to start somewhere. So you need to let them do it. They're going to make some mistakes. They're not going to do it as good as you would. But you've got to let them learn that. Elsewise, I guess they'd be 30 years old and not know how to dress herself. And you see some very messed up situations where parents still carrying a child and he's this big, you know, doing everything for him. No, that child, the time that child gets older, should be making his own bed, cleaning his own room. Helping you with the yard. Amen. Well that's the way it is spiritually. Spiritually people are born babies. And babies need to be cared for. And in the church we need to really watch out for our babies. And take care of our babies. But people that have been walking with God for 10 years. 15 years. 20 years. Are not supposed to need somebody holding their hand. Praying with them half a day. Did you hear me? Counseling with them half the week. They're supposed to be helping other people. And there's been a wrong mentality in church circles. You know that people come, even in larger churches, and they just come and sit on the chair, and that's all they do. They come, they sit, they listen, they go. They come back, they sit, they listen, they go. And the pastors and the ministers are supposed to do all the praying, supposed to do all the believing, supposed to do all the visitation, supposed to do all the work. Cannot be done. Besides that, it's wrong. 
No. We're supposed to grow up and supposed to let you do some things. Amen. Amen. And you're not going to do everything just perfect the first time. I'm so thankful to Dr. Hagen. He put me up to preach when I was dumb as a post. <laughs> do you know what I mean by that? I mean just, well, when you first start, you don't know. And I was doing the best I knew how. I was studying and I'd make my notes and I'd pray. But dear Lord, you just know so little. And kind of plod through something. And i tell you how I started some of my first. Uh, they let me show his tapes in the healing school. And what I would do is I'd get a thought and idea and I'd pause the tape. And I'd share the idea and then I'd just start the tape back. <laughs> That's a good way to start, man. And eventually got to where, you know, they wanted us to just get away from the tape and just keep teaching. But uh, I thank God that I, he, I'm sure I said some things that wasn't completely right. And I did some things that wasn't completely right, but that's the best I knew. But we'd have never developed if somebody hadn't let us. And so you and I need to be thinking, Lord, what are you allowing us to do? I mean, we're not going to, we don't know everything he knows. We couldn't do it like he does, but he lets us do things. And this honors us. He'll tap you on the shoulder. You go over there and share Jesus with them. And you're thinking, I don't know many scriptures and I'm not a preacher. He knows all that. He just honored you. Do you have enough sense to realize it? He honored you by saying, I want to use you to do this. Amen. You go over there and lay hands on them and pray for them to be healed. Well, I want to go get the pastor. He didn't say get the pastor. He said, you do it. Amen. It ble- You've heard testimonies in this church already about people that said something happened in the night, something happened in the middle of the week, and they didn't have time to call somebody. But they had learned enough to stand for themselves. Oh, that's music to my ears. Amen. 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 The Lord doesn't want us to be a church full of babies, church full of cribs, <laughs> little whiny crybabies. Always whining about what we don't have and we need this and we need that. No, no. A church full of people available saying, here am I, Lord. Send me. Use me. I know I don't know everything, but I'll do the best I know. And that's how you learn. And that's how you grow. Can you say amen? In John 16, and I'm closing with this. John 16, verse 26. Jesus said, John 16, 26, At that day you shall ask in my name. At that day. What day is he talking about? He's talking about the day we live in. The day of the new covenant. The day of the New Testament. At that day you shall ask in my name. Now get this. And I say not to you that I will pray the Father for you. For the Father himself loves you. Because you have loved me and have believed that I came out from God. Can you hear Jesus saying, I want you to grow up? Huh? Can you hear him saying that? You know, it was interesting when uh, Jesus told the twelve, then he told the seventy, he called them to himself. And the Bible said he gave them power and authority over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal every manner of sickness and every manner of disease. Put yourself in their shoes. They've been with Jesus for these months now. 
They see him casting out devils. They see him ministering to the sick. They see him bringing deliverance to the people. He calls a staff meeting after one of the crusades. He looks at them. Peter, John, Matthew, on through the list. I give you power and authority for you to cast out spirits. I give you power and authority to minister to the sick, bring healing. Now go and minister. And he sent them out. You remember he sent them out. Can you imagine after the meeting? (laughs) Peter looks at John and says, did he say what I thought he said? (laughs) Thomas said, I can't believe it. Maybe not. But different ones, you know. We remarked. You mean we're going to do what he's been doing? He told us to go deal with it. Well, he honored them, didn't he? Didn't he honor them? By saying, I'm sending you out. Isn't that what Mark 16 says? That we would go into all the world. We would preach the gospel to every creature. We would cast out devils. We would lay hands on the sick. We, he's honoring us. I said, he's honoring us. You don't have to beg God. You don't have to find somebody else to pray for you. You can stand up. You can speak to the mountain. You can speak to the enemy and command him to stop. And he'll have to obey you in that mighty name of Jesus. Can you say amen? Amen. He's honored us. This honor have all his saints the honor of exercising authority, the honor of believing for yourself, the honor of coming to God for yourself. Amen? Stand up on your feet, please. Everybody say it out loud. I can come to God for myself. I can pray myself. He will hear me. I can believe God for myself. He will respond to my faith. He can use me. Tell him out loud, say, Lord, here am I. Use me as it pleases you. Send me. Use me as is good in your eyes. I believe you can use me to help somebody. And I thank you for doing so. Amen. Hallelujah. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.